Hello and welcome to episode 112, take two of the Sports Brief Podcast. This is uh, Colton Hall, joined by members of the Minnesota Bias Podcast, Hunter Plant, as well as Daniel Revere. Uh, I, we, we were talking about before the show, Daniel, uh, about a relation to Paul Revere, probably a story for another time, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but no, I'm really excited to have you guys on. And, uh, you know, I, I was just kind of talking to these guys beforehand. I'll be honest here, boys. Uh, I was going to come on and say that Justin Jefferson wasn't a superstar, but then I... I had to I had to recalibrate. I had to go out on my porch. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the memes after your fantasy football team loses. You have to just kind of like take a moment to yourself. I had to do that because I was not in a position to actually be serious about that. So I apologize to Justin Jefferson for that because he did not deserve it. But I do really appreciate you guys joining me today. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad to be here, Colton. So we need to start by talking about I know you want to say something to that because I because here's the thing. I know I went too far overboard. I know both of you probably want to get on that. So, like, let's talk about the fact, like, I, I don't even know what it is with this team anymore. Like, you talk about, like, Justin Jefferson, no matter what, uh, he's been that guy that when things are on, he's he's tough to stop. Like, I don't care who you are. He's just one of those guys that he's going to get his. He's like Kobe back in the day, RIP. Like, he's going to get his. But for you guys, like, when we talk about these offensive struggles that we just saw with the Green Bay Packers, I feel like it's, I don't know, like, I, just, I something's missing. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I can start. I think it's a wide receiver, too. I, I mean, I, I just look at, it's it's just so tough because Jefferson, you know, he's going to, like you said, he's going to get his, right? But you have to be able to spread the ball around a little bit. And adding TJ Hawkinson, such a great, such a great trade. I mean, that's going to go down as a great trade in Kwesi's first year. But I still think you need a wide receiver to help with that. Adam Thielen's not that guy anymore. Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, one of the best wide receiver combos when they were in their prime. That's why I am on the... Uh, you know, obviously, hopefully we get to the, hopefully we get far in the playoffs, but I am going to beat my drum to say we need to draft a wide receiver first round. I think it's so important to take a wide receiver or sign of, or whatever it is, trade for one, whatever it is, you need that guy to go along with Justin Jefferson. So I, I think Kirk kind of forces the ball to Jefferson a few, as, you know, as far as he should, I don't think he should do it as much as he should. And then the offense line, obviously we had three guys out on Sunday. That's been a big part of it as well. Yeah, and I'm going to jump on that. I'm going to tell you it's the offensive line all all day. Uh, Look at the games that that we've struggled in. The games that we lost were – it came down to Kirk couldn't get the ball out. The routes that Kevin O'Connell wants these guys to run are are slow-developing routes, and they rely on a good offensive line. You look at the Dallas game, pressure, pressure, pressure. Philadelphia, pressure, pressure, pressure. And then this last game, this last week against the the Packers – just an awful pass rush team. Just terrible. They have guys, but they just haven't put it together this year. And Kirk can't get the ball out. And it comes down to the fact that Brian, Brian O'Neill's gone in the first quarter. You're on your second string center. He goes, he goes down in the first quarter. It, it all comes together. And then you look at how many false starts we had because the center didn't know the cadences. Hmm. And, and I, I'm, I'm telling you guys, I have never – to my memory, cussed out a single player, singular player as much as I did, that, what is his name, Reed? Chris Reed. Chris, yep. Chris, Chris Reed, Reed, yeah. What a stooge. How but again, he, like. What even doing on a roster? And everybody's telling me he's the third string. No, 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 no. First things first, he's the second string. He came into that game as the backup. You know in a, on a, team, in a game like that, if you're coming in as number two, you might get the ball. You might be on, you might be called on. 
and then to come in and not know how to do your job, not know the cadences, I'm sorry, but you know that you're going to go in as the backup. And Kirk is a guy that's been known to work with players. He's a guy that's known to work with, with people if they ask. So, you know, if you get to the end of practice and you're, and you're saying to yourself, I don't know if I know the cadences, you got to have, have the confidence to step up and say, hey, Kirk, I know we might be playing on set Sunday. I just want to know if you got five minutes to go over cadences with me. This dude didn't know when to snap the ball. Two delayed games on Kirk Cousins. At least two false starts caused by him not snapping the ball. I mean, it was probably more like five. I don't – it comes down to the offensive line. They're not healthy, and now, and now we're trying to make a playoff stretch without Brian O'Neill. Mm. It, it absolutely – in the games that we've lost, it has come down to the fact that Kirk couldn't get the ball out. Mm. That's interesting. You know, I, I, I feel like, Daniel, thank you for that because I have harped on the offensive line for a while now. Uh, Hunter, I have to ask you this because kind of piggybacking off of what Daniel said, um, you know, I really feel like this is a position where, like Chris Reed, like I know you wanted to kind of chime in on Chris Reed there for a second. I'll give you your opportunity. But I, I really feel like a guy that I literally did the re- – this guy has literally played maybe 100 snaps in the preseason at center, maybe 100 snaps. And, like, I know that you want to sit here and make excuses. He came over as a utility offensive lineman from the Colts. You know, he stepped in for Quentin Nelson, did admirably all the things you want to fill in there. But the point is, you know, Daniel really had something, I felt like. It's the fact that, yes, you ha- it all starts up front. You've got to have a guy that, you know, if you don't know what's going on, you have to ask that question. You have to be in a spot where, hey, you know, you like you have to know what's going on, even if you're not confident in, or you don't want to look like the dummy. I always face that on our teams, uh, my teams growing up. I didn't want to look like the dumb kid, but I always asked the question just because you got to ask the question. Now, Hunter, you know, it's mentioned that, you know, you it's it's funny you mentioned potentially going for a number one wide receiver in the draft. And, uh, and I, I also kind of ask this question, maybe to, actually to both of you, like, it came down to the fact that yes, Kirk Cousins didn't have Kirk Cousins did not have enough protection. Like Oli Udo, though, at right tackle, I'm not necessarily worried about that. Like you know, so do you potentially see yourself with Ed Ingram, who hasn't exactly worked out? Do you potentially see yourself, you know, with Garrett Bradbury uh, being that guy that you re-sign? And I know we'll talk about free agents in a second, though. But do you like? Uh, like where if you want to go to wide receiver, fine. But if you could go anywhere on this offensive line, where are you looking at uh, as either a as the main issue and b as a, a potential first round draft if that's indeed where it falls? So to me, I'm probably in the minority of it, but I don't know if the offensive line has been as bad as people think. And I know Kirk Cousins most hits in his career, most sacks in his career, but I think some of that relies on the routes too. Like like Danny talked about it, Kevin O'Connell, he makes guys run a long time, right? Like the routes are long. I think this offensive line is the offensive line of the future. I'm all for signing Garrett Bradbury back. I think Garrett Bradbury has been, has had a Pro Bowl career, which he did get named to the Pro Bowl, I believe, as a, an, alternate, yeah. an, alternate, an alternate. And that's something we didn't expect coming to this year. I think this offensive line is a very good offensive line for the future. Mm-hmm. Now, I think KOC needs to do a better job of saying, okay, when we play San Francisco, when we play the Eagles, we can't run these routes as long as we do we got to get the ball out we got to get them out fast that's what teams do against us and it works against us so to me i think ed ingram obviously a lot of speed bumps throughout the year but i think he's going to be just fine he's a really good run blocker you know i don't know i'm just in this i'm just in the camp where i think the offensive line's fine obviously losing uh bradbury and schlotman and Ole Udo, or uh, Brian O'Neill having Ole Udo there. It scares me going against Joey Bosa in the division around with Ole yeah. Udo. Oh, yeah. Uh, but 
I think you need more depth behind the offense line as opposed to filling in a starter. Um, you know, if it is an Ingram or whatever, I think you need more more depth on the offensive line. Okay. Well, so, and I and I am actually going to agree with that. For the record, I do think that the offensive line has been better than most. It's been a it's been a good year for pass rushers. Let's be honest. There's a lot of pass rushers having really good seasons, and there's not. Well, a lot. and look, Danny, and look at all the pass rushers we've played. Right, we we've played some of the best in the NFL. Right, we've we've played Kayvon Thibodeau, who's who's going to be a stud. He, you know, he showed it the week before. We've played uh, the Eagles, who has a who have an awesome off defensive line. We've played Von Miller with the Bills. I mean, we've played Quinn and Williams. We've played a lot of really good defensive lines, and we're, we have twelve wins. That's yeah, true. and I, and I'm not going to say that it's the it's the fault of the whole season, but look at what's happened in the games that we've lost. Those are the games when the offensive line failed. They've struggled. And I think it is a coaching problem. It's a problem of, you know what? If you're going to have Micah Parsons coming up against Ed Ingram, you probably shouldn't run a plan for a whole lot of deep routes. If you're going to have him coming up against Nick Bosa, not Joey Bosa, by the way, uh, if you're going to have him coming up against Nick Bosa, all you don't against Nick Bosa – you're probably going to want to want to run want to run a lot of short routes across the middle. What was working against the Packers this last weekend? Short routes to T.J. Hawkinson across the middle. Anytime we threw to the outside, it was a ba- it was a bad play. There was there wasn't there wasn't time. When you talk about what do we need to add though, I mean, I'm not against going for a wide receiver in the, in the end of the first round, but who's there? Who can you get? Who can you get in free agency? Who can you get in the trade market? There's three th- three really desperate needs that I think the Vikings have. I don't think Ed Ingram is the is the guard of the future, so you got to go out and get a guard. You definitely do need another wide receiver. I do believe in that, um, but you got to get a corner. You, we need mm-hmm. a they need a shutdown corner. Honestly, the free agent market probably isn't the place where you're going to get any of those. Uh, Marcus Peters is a free agent. We can get. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but. Seriously, when I when I look at the team, I'm saying, get me a guard who can block up, who can plug up that interior. Let it. Ed Ingram could be the best best backup guard in the league, but I don't. I do not believe in him as a starter long term. Hmm. It's weird to me that we're. It's weird to me that we're writing off a uh, 21 year old rookie who started three years at LSU after one year. That's that's that that's weird to me. I, I, I think he's gotten a lot better. And to say, I mean, he was thrown into the fire week one it, it, with a new, a comp, a complex offense. I, it's just weird to me. But I mean, I mean, we I, did the same thing with Drew Samia. I mean, you talk about we, we, the list goes on with those guards that we've seen like a gong show, like a right guard. I don't know if you guys listen to uh, Andy Carlson from the Purple for the Moon podcast, but like he always points out like the fact it's just a never-ending gong show of guards, and it's but, like Drew Samia. He's a six-round pick. I mean, yeah. you, you don't waste a second-round pick to back him. You know what I mean? Like, that's just weird to me. I, 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 will, I will say I do share the frustration because, like, we have waited so long. We have waited so long for this entire offensive line to be, like, sutured up. Finally to the point where we can be like, okay, Kirk Cousins, he doesn't have all day, 
but he this is a good enough offensive line that you you kind of got to stop making excuses at some point. So uh, it's it's definitely better than I don't remember if you guys remember the Adrian Peterson 2012 days when you had guys like Brandon Fusco, uh, you know Brian McKinney, all those guys. Um, you know it was just it's better than back then, but it's also one of those things where this offensive line has never been made, in my opinion, to give you 10 seconds like Patrick Mahomes has, or you know, or, or to a degree like um, Aaron Rodgers has to give you all that time. I think this offensive line uh, and the, the the thing about the Vikings is it's, they've always been able to run the football very effectively. They've always been able to give, uh, from what I've seen, the quarterbacks or try to give the quarterbacks just enough time. But, you know, I, I know we piggybacked off it, and I'm sorry, Daniel, did you want to say something real quick? I mean, I'm just, I just want to point out that this is the Hunter, you're calling this guy out. You're saying you're calling me out for writing off Ed Ingram after one season. And where were you on Garrett Bradbury two, two three years ago? <laughs> Right. I mean, well, I mean, no, I, and that's the pot calling the kettle black, but I'm just saying. I just like, wanted you to acknowledge that. That's, I wanted, I wanted that on the record. Like, which I, I do, but, but I'm, any, I'm an online guy. You know me. You know that I love my alignment. You know that I look, that that's tape that I actually do watch and actually know a little bit about. Um, I don't know crap about wide receivers. I know when guys are really good and I know when they're really bad, but you can't, I can't give you anything medium wise you look at the things that Ed Ingram struggles with and they're not things that he's going to be able to pick up at a fast enough pace at this level. The, 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 the number one thing I I talk about, you know, you talk about a guy like Garrett Bowles, left tackle for the uh, Denver Broncos. Yep. For the Denver Broncos. Thank you. His issue when he came into the league, he had a lot of holding penalties. So, so what did they do? They worked on hand placement. That's a thing that you can teach at that level. Ed Ingram just, he lacks instinct. His hand placement is fine. He's, his, his footwork is fine. He just, his, his instincts aren't there. He doesn't pick up things very well. I mean, maybe, it, maybe I'm wrong. I'd love to be wrong on this. His footwork isn't fine. Cause he stepped on Kirk cousins three times um, this year. And then, his, his, footwork, his footwork isn't fine. It's <laughs> tough. It's uh, tough. I did forget about that, but I mean, I mean, there's certain things that you can teach at the NFL level, but there's certain things that, if you don't innately have at this point, you're not going to pick up and you're going to be a career backup. I guess. Yeah. Just really quick. Colton. I guess my only argument is I think there's more positions to go attack like cornerback, like wide receiver. Yeah. But corner and and wide receiver based on what we need, I'd rather see them go get that in free agency or on the trade market. With what money? That's what money money you're going to spend. I mean, I mean, unless you cut Adam Thielen, that you know, but before June first, I just, I guess, I just, and you don't have, you, you only have five draft picks, so, I mean, it's going to be a very creative off season, but. Obviously, we're still in the season, so I'm excited about that. So mm-hmm. that can wait, I guess. And, and I'll say this before we get too deep into the weeds here: I feel like if there is any coaching staff, like if there is any uh, group of guys that we have already seen that has transformed some of these guys' careers, we talked about Garrett Bradbury having a Pro Bowl season, uh, you know, this type year. Uh, if there is any coaching staff that I think can turn around Ed Ingram and kind of just help him continue to develop. I think it's this coaching staff. I do, you know, we had to deal with, you know, these last, you know, four or five, six years where I didn't, I didn't exactly know that, that, that our offensive line was developing. Like we saw it three or four years with, uh, with Garrett Bradbury, and then finally getting this coaching staff in. I finally feel like we're in a place where we're going to continue to see all, all of these, like from Christian Derrissaw all the way down to Oli Udo or whoever it is to actually fully develop those players. So I think that's definitely something that I'm, I'm excited to see. 
And I got to give credit to Chris Cooper, the offense line coach. I mean, alma mater. I mean, UND guy. Uh, you know, I'm going to ride with him. I mean, oh, yeah. he's, he, he actually he actually is a very good offense line coach. He's done a very good job, I think, this year. I, I absolutely 110 I mean, percent agree. I, I think the best best evidence of the fact that he has done a good job is look at Christian Darius's jump from from year one to year two. Oh yeah, I, that's... I mean, he was fine when he played his rookie season, but that man that man made a Leap mm-hmm. in year he, two. He really is Trent Williams 2.0. Like I think there's the potential is there. I'll say that at the very least. He, now, um, he's, now we, he's such a violent blocker. I love is. that man. I love it. I absolutely love it. And okay, so I know I've been talking enough about uh, you know kind of talking about some of the offensive struggles for the Vikings. Now we're kind of getting into the portion of the season where okay, and I'm going to kind of flip flop the timeline here, guys, or the outline. Excuse me. I want to ask the question: If the Vikings have enough to actually go all the way? Now I know that when you talk about the fact that we've got what we've got at this point. Like, it's just, you're right with what you got. You've got Justin Jefferson, you've got Adam Thielen, you've got these guys, you know, you've got the offensive line that you've got. My question to you guys is simple. Do they have enough? Is there enough with the Vikings that they can, you know, I know they already have 12 wins, but is it enough to take down a playoff team when we've faced, you know, arguably, uh, you know, at least half of our wins have been against play or half of our games have been against playoff teams. I excuse me, not half of our wins, but we've won against tough teams. The question is, can we get it done against uh, the the playoff teams this year? 100%. I I think so. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, you look at our offensive talent, you put it in the NFC, it's probably the second best offensive talent in, in the NFC, maybe behind Philadelphia, and that's a maybe, that, that's a toss-up, um, or Dallas maybe, but 100% you do. It's, it's all going to start on defensive. Can you create turnovers? We haven't created turnovers as of late. When we were winning games, you know, when we had that, what was it, eight-game win streak, we forced turnovers. We, we had short fields like the game against Buffalo. We forced turnovers. You know, I think we do offensively. It's just going to come down to forcing turnovers. Now, do I expect us to go to San Francisco and win? I don't know. That, that yep. It's a toss-up. No one's going to pick us. No one should pick us. But talent-wise, we absolutely have enough what it takes. Coaching-wise, we absolutely have what it takes. Now, can KOC outcoach Kyle Shanahan? I don't know. We're going to find out. It's going to be a good test for him, to tell you that much. KOC, I'm worried about it. At Donatel. But – the defensive scheme is atrocious. It's horrible. I mean, you you cannot play against these teams. Yeah, I mean, obviously, offensively, I definitely agree with you. We have one of, if not the best, offensive talent groups in the league. But you look at our defense, the playbook, the, the tape is out. I know exactly how to beat the Vikings. I'm going to run short crossers and, and, and sit routes and eventually just take the top off because eventually you're going to have – we're going to have to pull – pull Harrison Smith down into the into the tackle box all of a sudden there's no help over the over the top it's not gonna work your Ed Donatel's defense is not built for the playoffs it's built for the regular season it's built for you know other teams that don't have quite the offensive power that we have it's built for you know good enough it's not built for the Super Bowl this is not the the time when we can have this in an offensive in an offensive dominated league the bend doesn't the bend don't break doesn't work. It hasn't, it won't. You what if you trade seven for threes, you win the game? Now I don't know if you can do that with San Francisco. I don't think you can trade I think you have to force turnovers. Okay. Who who are top some of the top guys that I don't want to see in the red zone? Christian McCaffrey, AJ Brown, 
uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, CD Lamb, Dalton Schultz. These are guys that we're going to be seeing all playoffs. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think we go in. I think we host New York, and I don't think we. I don't. I don't even think it's necessarily a contest. But seriously, I do not see us going to going into San Francisco or even hosting Dallas and winning that game. It just now you know, happening. Now you want to know what I'm going to say this. This year reminds me a lot of 2019. No one gave us any chance in hell, no one, to beat the 13-3 New Orleans Saints. No one gave us a chance. Our offense struggled at times. Our defense struggled at times. No one thought we'd go in there to New Orleans and beat them. And look what we did. Now, I'm not saying I think San Francisco is better than New Orleans, but it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. And I think we have the talent to win a game. And I think seven will be to obviously the bend don't break, not what you want to do maybe, but it might work in the playoffs. Yeah, the only the, thing the I can problem, see, sorry, go ahead, Daniel. Sorry. The problem with the bend don't break recently is that it hasn't been working. It's been bending, 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 and then breaking, bending, 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 and then breaking. I think here's the thing. So the, the I don't know if you guys remember the 2006 Indianapolis Colts, like towards the end of that season, like they were just getting shredded on the ground. Like they just could not stop anybody. And all of a sudden they were able to put it together. And all of a sudden, you know, they had a, a playoff legitimate team. And I, I think the Vikings are in a similar spot, not in terms of stopping the run, but at a defense that if it can just make a couple more plays a game, like Hunter was alluding to with turnovers or, you know, getting another sack or stop, maybe it's just, just coming to me now, stop dropping Daniel Hunter into coverage. It drives me, it drives me up a wall. And, you know, I, I think I saw a graphic of him in, uh, in man-on-man coverage against Christian Watson on second and seven, uh, you know, on Twitter today. And it's like, you know, I, I know he's probably, you know, that's probably a disguise. He's probably going to go get the quarterback, but it's like, I, I do not think that, uh, you know, that there can be a lot of holdover from the way the Vikings defense has done things, but I do think that there is enough pieces here defensively as well to be able to get the job done. I really like what I've seen from guys like Brian Osamoa, um, you know, uh, guys like, uh, you know, Asese Otomehu as well. Like the, we've seen some good things from the young guys, you know, but like you want to put out a, a missing persons report. Talk about Zadarius Smith a little bit. Like we talk about, you know, a guy that had three sacks against the Cardinals, but it's been kind of MIA for, uh, for really the rest of the season if you ask me still leads the league in pressures though yeah and i do agree that you know pressures are probably more of an accurate stat of how well you are actually getting to the quarterback not um not necessarily sacks because there is a little bit of you know that sometimes sacks come because of coverage sometimes sacks because of come from a guy getting a lot of penetration up the middle so yeah i i really i'm just waiting for this defense to really ignite especially in the playoffs that's what i i think that's i have a feeling i'm knock on wood because i'm a vikings fan a superstitious one i'm not superstitious but i am a little stitious but i think um you know this this team does have uh the makings of like that like that surprise ability or, or the, the element of surprise if you will i think it does um but again i think i think it, i you know I, I mentioned the fact that the vikings historically have tried to run the football and do it effectively i'm really hoping that we can really establish that again as the season goes on because i really do think that's what makes offenses a lot harder to predict and uh, in terms of uh, personnel wise just trying to put in guys i do think that if the vikings can really get back to running the football these uh, you know whether it's against the bears or whatever i think it could help them out a lot that's just at least a personal thought mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Also, uh, kind of talking about, uh, you know, so now that we are, 
we kind of touched it. Yes, we believe they can get there. It really depends on defensively. The one thing I also wanted to ask you guys, and since we're on the, the subject of playoffs and all that, like which NFL team scares you the most? And if it's the Vikings, great. But if we're looking here, I the 49ers, like with Brock Purdy right now, currently on a nine-game winning streak. You know, they've got the defense to back it up too. They've got a good running game. Christian McCaffrey, I didn't, I didn't necessarily know how that trade would go down because he's like He's he was already magnificent in Carolina, but the question was to me like, how are you going to do in a system that already shows you uh, that you know the good running backs or running backs are a dime a dozen? So, but I do think that he has given them an extra kind of step. And Brock Purdy, I've said it for for the last couple of weeks now. I think he gives you a little bit more firepower than a guy like Jimmy G. It sure seems like it. I mean, I'm with you. I I I would not want to go into San Fran right now with that de- between that defense and the fact that I don't Brock Purdy is the next Tom Brady or something. I don't know, man. That yeah. that team scares me, but they do. Yeah, talk about the, the the new Tom Brady. Who's the scariest guy in the world? Playoff Tom. Mm. I I will I will never count out playoff Tom even with the shit the the garbage team that he's on right now but like all of a sudden last last this last week he's connecting with Mike Evans for 63 yard just dimes like this this is the time when Tom Brady show, shows us his true colors and that scares me Hunter who worries you the most when you look at the NFC so I was going to say San Francisco, but I'm going to go a little bit of a wild card, both literally and figuratively. And this team might not even make the playoffs, but I'm going to go with it. To me, it's Seattle. Um, I think Seattle's a team that could go into San Francisco and beat them because they have the weapons. Now, their defense is pretty atrocious. I'll say that. But you got guys like DK Metcalf. You got Tyler Lockett. You got a decent running game. You got Geno Smith, who's just playing out of his mind, probably comeback player of the year. Um a team that's scary, and I just wanted to switch things up with you. Um, I don't know. I think they're a team that could beat San Francisco. Will they? Probably not. But I mean, they, they got it. They got talent. You know, right? Yeah. Like they got they got they got a lot of talent. They're not a rebuilding team in the in every sense of the word. You know, they're not Houston or, with the talent wise. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Dallas is scary to me. I mean, we already saw what they did to us earlier this year. Um, San Francisco, Philly doesn't scare me as much. I, I would rather go to Philadelphia than San Francisco, I think, because I don't know if Jalen Hurts scares me as much as the 49ers defense, um, if that makes any sense. Um, and we haven't had any luck playing in Philadelphia in the playoffs. So I would say, I would say San Fran's is the most scary team, but in, in a wild card, it's probably Seattle, but we won't have to play them at all. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I do think it's interesting. I know I hate to take the 49ers from you, but you know, when I look at the top of the rest of these, uh, these NFC playoff teams, like, like I, when I say scared, like, like what's, which team scares you the most? Like, if I'm being honest, like, I feel like it's really tough to beat an NFL team twice, no matter who it is. Um, you know, and I've said it from the beginning, uh, the Giants and what Brian Dable has done with that team in a very short amount of time. Like, I don't think you can overlook it. Now, the way things are kind of looking right now, the Vikings probably most likely will play will play the uh, the Giants there at home, the three seed versus the six seed. It's kind of looking, you know, it's going to be interesting. And I, and I don't necessarily think that uh, the Giants or the team to beat in the NFC, but I think there's a little bit of, you know, if the Vikings do play the Giants, I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now, I'm not exactly, you know, I'm 
I'm not exactly saying, okay, fine, who do we play next in the divisional round? I do think that the Giants do have that that element of surprise as well, especially when you consider the fact that, you know, Daniel Jones, um, you know, has he had a good game against the Colts. I know it's the Colts, but uh, like we barely escaped with the win against the Colts too. So um, I really do feel like, you know, you really can't take any team lightly here, but I, I think the Vikings really are a team that do have the element of surprise and could really surprise a lot of people. Now, what, like, what do you guys think is like the biggest thing that we need to see in order for the Vikings to really truly take over the NFC? Turnovers. I, I mean, I, I, turnovers is such an important stat to me. I like, I look at it. You can't turn the ball over because that game against Green Bay, was it 41 17? Yeah. It was fluky. It was a fluke. Like, I don't think it's, you know what I mean? Like, you turn the ball over three times, you know, you throw, you throw some dumb interceptions, you, you, you allow a, they had 14 points and they had 14 yards at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that happen? That, that can't happen. Like, you have to take care of the ball and you have to be able to take away the ball. Like, that's how teams win in the playoffs is taking away the football. And then obviously we have number 18, who is the best wide receiver in football. So I'm going to ride with number 18 all day because he's going to he's going to find a way to to make a play no matter what happens. So, you know, if, if we take the ball over, if we take the ball away and we force turnovers, we have we have as good a chance as anyone to to be in Arizona in February. Let me ask you this. Do you think like, OK, I, I I'm a guy that like. I don't love losing, obviously, but I really feel like sometimes losses, you can learn more from your losses, like the saying goes, you can learn more from your failures than your successes. I really feel like the Vikings can learn a lot from this loss to the Packers. Like you go into Green Bay, you go into Lambeau there, excuse me, and it's like you... In a way, I won't, I won't say the Vikings overlooked the Packers, but it had kind of that feel, if you ask me. Like they had, they, I felt like the Vikings were like, okay, worst case scenario, we could kind of go in there and come back from this like we've done all year long. Uh, and then they go into Green Bay. And, and this is the thing that drives me nuts too. It wasn't like Aaron Rodgers was his old self. Like he went like 15 of 29 for a buck 15 and a, a touchdown and no picks. Like it wasn't, you know, the vintage 300 yards, three touchdowns. It was the fact that like, you had a 105-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. You had a block punt that you don't score on, and plus, then you get you you get three points out of that deal, which I, I don't. Uh, winning teams don't do that in my mind. You also, like you said, throw those interceptions, those three picks. Um, the running game wasn't going for you. You were pigeonholed into kind of coming back, uh, you know, early, and it kind of led into the rest of the late of the game. But I don't know. I, I really do feel like this team is 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 going to learn a lot from this game. At least I hope I do. What do you What are your guys' thoughts after a game like this, other than not going on social media like me for a couple of days? what's the what's the old adage it's not enough to love winning you got to hate losing Mm. like that's what you got to feed off of you got to think about how did you feel after you got embarrassed Mm. and i mean embarrassed three times on the national stage three times you've been put on a pedestal and said this is the game to watch this is going to be incredible against the eagles against the cowboys and against the packers this is the game that we're going to broadcast nationwide the only team that time that places you're not getting broadcasted or where the local market is playing Mm. like you gotta you gotta look at that and say that freaking sucked i hated how i felt there how do i make sure that that never happens to me again you can't love love winning you gotta hate losing more sorry to interrupt danny but look what what was the theme in that game what did we do that they didn't do we turned the ball over you go to philadelphia you go to philadelphia you turn it over four times Yep. Three, three times in the red zone. You still have a chance. You get a blocked field goal. You turn the ball back right back over. Dallas, first possession, you fumble. Okay, well, there goes that. You know, Green Bay, turn the ball over three times. You get three points on a blocked punt, which probably should have been a touchdown on the blocked punt. 
right? And then Aaron, then Aaron Rodgers' knee is down when you force a fumble and Jordan Hicks gets tackled by him. Like, just stupid, fluky stuff like that. Like, this team, for all the narratives that they're a fluke, A, you don't win 12 games by being a fluke. That, 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 that doesn't happen. Screw the point differential. Point differential means nothing. It's the dumbest thing in the world. You're not a fluke. You're not lucky if you win 12 games. Okay. And I'm just going to go on a little rant here. I don't know if you heard about Peter Bukowski last week and all the stupid stuff that he said. And one thing he said that really blew my mind is winning close games isn't a skill. Okay. But last year he would say, Ah, the Packers are winning close games. That there's something to that. Okay, so when when the purple and gold do it, it's not a skill. It's just luck. Mm-hmm. That 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 ain't luck. Coming back from 17 down against Buffalo isn't luck, right? To me, that ain't. Nope. The kneel down that might be a little bit lucky. Okay, I get it. Patrick Peterson getting an interception on the goal line that isn't luck. To me, this team is good enough, and it's not. We're not a fluke. And I think if San Francisco sees us, they're going to have to be a little bit worried because we do have the options. We do have the, the team to be, to beat them. And I mm-hmm. think they're going to have to be a little bit scared going into the postseason. So uh, as we kind of uh, look to the playoffs, I'm excited about this because like, I know Hunter did a great job. Like I, I was thinking like exact same thing he was in terms of the 2019 Vikings. Like this team, it does have the element of surprise, but it also had like – people shouldn't really be that shocked about this team because they've shown the ability to come back against tough teams. They've shown the ability, uh, you know, at, at week one of the season to get up on a team and be able to just, you know, finish it out. The thing I'm, I, I'm really excited for though, is, you know, when I look at the rest of this team though, um, you know, obviously the playoffs are going to happen, but w- like when you guys take a look at uh, what this team needs moving forward, like uh, I know we also really touched on the, the offensive line, but you know, uh, in some corners and, and wide receivers in the draft, but you know, as far as, as the Vikings this year that have really helped out with that goal, like who are some guys that you are really excited to potentially get back next year? I'll go ahead and start. Uh, and it's a guy that I don't know that a lot of people might agree with me on, but I think it's Patrick Peterson. Uh, I feel like he's not going to be a five year guy, obviously. I, I think it's another one year contract. He's probably going to get tired of one year contracts, but you know, he's a guy that you know, another year contract, maybe incentives five to eight million dollars. Uh, I felt like I feel like he's been a guy that continues to teach uh, this younger group of guys. Duke Shelley's really come out of his uh, shell, pun intended, uh, and uh, really done out of, done some big things as well as Cameron Dantzler. Uh We saw some good things from a Caleb Evans. Andrew Booth Jr. got injured way too soon, uh, so I think Patrick Peterson to start things off is a guy uh, I'm really excited to see. You know what the Vikings do to bring him back. Yeah, I, I would echo that sentiment. One guy, I mean, Patrick Peterson, he's been awesome. I mean, he he, he deserved a Pro Bowl, in my opinion. Like, he I, he just makes big play after big play after big play. Like, you know, he has, what does he have, four interceptions this year, where last year he didn't have an interception until the last game of the season where he needed one to keep his entire interception career going uh, or, you know, interception a season going. One guy, I don't know if you guys are going to agree with this, but one guy I'm bringing back is Nick Mullins. I mean, I, to mm-hmm. me, I, I'm just sick of kind of having a backup quarterback like a Sean Mannion or a Sean Hill who I don't trust in a scenario. Let's say Kirk does get hurt. Do we have the backup quarterback to do it like last year? You know, like like look at 2017. Your starting quarterback gets hurt. Okay, Case Keenum, we don't know what to expect with him. He's had a decent career before that, you know, he's done, done some decent things. Brings us to the NFC Championship game. Like, you need a backup quarterback. Like, it, it showed, you know, it's showing with San Francisco. So, I'm bringing Nick Mullins back. Obviously, he's going to be a cheap guy to bring back. 
And then maybe I'm drafting one for the future to see if I can stash on the practice squad. But it's Nick Mullins, maybe Alexander Madison that I'd want back, mm-hmm. depending on, on the development of Ty Chandler and Kane Wangu, who I absolutely love. I'm I'm obsessed with Kane Wangu. Um, I think he needs more touches in, in the offensive backfield, but oh, that's absolutely. just for, that's for another podcast. But um, those are the two guys that I'm really looking to bring back is Nick Mullins and Alexander Madison, potentially Madison, depending how expensive he gets. Mm-hmm. I, I guy I'm looking at, I, I really like him. And I think the last couple of weeks he's shown his value. Austin Schlotman to me is a guy that you have to bring back. I mean, I don't know if this is a guy who's a one trick pony and can only be back, be your backup at center. Maybe he's a guy who can come in and play guard, but this is a dude that I really would like to see come back, especially after this last weekend against the Packers. Just, I think that really showed the, the value of a good backup, like Austin Schlotman, like Austin Schlotman. This kid, I mean, he's never going to make – I don't know if he's ever going to make a Pro Bowl. I don't think he's ever a starter. I don't think he's ever this, that, and the other thing. But when it comes to a depth guy at that interior offensive line position, I think Schlotman might be might be the dude uh, in terms you'd of – rather bring, You'd rather bring him back over Bradbury? Because remember, Bradbury's in a contract here. I still want to bring Bradbury back. Yep. But, like, just, like, the one guy that – and I forgot Bradbury's not back next year. That's going to be expensive. He'll be back. I would be shocked. No one else is going to value him like we will. Um, but like like you say, a guy like Schlotman is a guy who can really change you in terms of depth. Injuries are going to happen, especially now that now that uh, Bradbury is a center with back problems. Like You're going to want a decent backup, and Chris Reed showed us how important a good backup center is. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you guys hit the nail on the head with, uh, you know, talking about a little bit about, uh, you know, those guys and Garrett Bradbury is one of those guys that I'm kind of questioning how expensive it's going to be because if I'm him, I, I am looking at what it could mean for, uh, you know, I, to bring him back, how much that would be because uh, I, you know, Hunter mentioned it before with what money, you know, are we going to go on bad guys? I think it's going to be really tough uh, if you are the Vikings to, uh, I think they're going to have to pay Justin Jefferson. I think that they are going to obviously have to extend guys like Garrett Bradbury. Nick Mullins is a guy I want to bring back. Um, you know, as I look at the rest of this list, though, like, I really feel like, now I know this one might be a little bit controversial, but I, I really liked Oli Udo. Now, I know last year he was a guy that he got thrown into the starting lineup, played like an all-pro for the first three games, and then teams found out, oh, he's got a holding problem. And then after that, it just kind of went downhill from there. When he plays right tackle... I don't have a problem with it. Like if you if you look at what he did against the Packers, uh, played 16 snaps. I believe he was uh, at least one of the, the the Vikings' highest graded players in that game, above a 70.0 PFF grade. Like if you watch him, he is a natural born right tackle. Like he really is, uh, and I think that that's why I talked about um, this uh, this coaching staff continuing to mold these guys and develop these guys. I still think there might be something there with Oli Udo. Now, again, I do get the whole frustration as a Vikings fan wanting this offensive line to be good. Now, do I think he can be a starter? I think the chips are stacked against him, unfortunately. But I do think that as as him being a, a backup guy, I do think that there's uh, some things to go with. Now, I do think Irv Smith Jr. is out. Like, I hate yeah. to break it to Vikings fans, but and it, there's been – I was talking to someone, one of my buddies that's also a Vikings fan earlier today. He was talking about, oh, he had big big hopes for Irv Smith Jr. T.J. Hawkinson ain't going nowhere. Like, and go, just so, – sorry to interrupt, Colton. Cut. Let's say 
I mean, let's say Irv does come back for the playoffs. That's another thing you have to worry about Mm -hmm. because there is a spot open on the 53-man roster. I'm just putting that out there right now. Mm -hmm. Him and TJ Hawkinson could be pretty dangerous down the stretch here. I'm just putting that out there. Mm -hmm. And and need need we remind you of, yeah, that what was it back in the day when, you know, the Patriots had two tight ends that you were like, oh boy, like they, like you, like you talk, it's another weapon. Like I'm excited for it, but you know, the rest of these guys, um, you know, that, that come back, you know, you got your Sean Don Sullivan's or Sean Don Sullivan's, excuse me, you know, Schlutman, I definitely think he's somebody you want to look at bringing back. Now, the, the one thing I did want to bring up too, um, is this defensive tackle room because so Kyrus Tonga, he's done some really good things this year. You've had, uh, he better be back. He better be back. Yeah, I think he deserves to be back. Um, you know, probably going to be on the cheaper side, but nonetheless should be back. Delvin Tomlinson has earned another contract with the Vikings. If you ask me, um, you know, I, you know, Delvin Tomlinson, or excuse me, uh, not Delvin Tomlinson. Um, you know, Phillips uh, has done a really good job this year as well. Um, the Harrison Phillips, that is, excuse me, and also like James Lynch to me, like I. I thought this guy would thrive in a 3-4. Like, because if you watch what he did at Baylor, he was just uh, the Tasmanian devil coming off the edge. He could also pin up against the run. Like, I was so excited about James Lynch. I, it's really going to be interesting to, for me to see really what goes on after the season with this defensive tackle room. Yeah, and the other thing, guys, that I don't think a lot of people realize is the era that we grew up in, it might be over. The Harrison Smith might be gone. Eric Hendricks yeah. could be gone. Uh it, it won't, I, I think Adam Thielen's the guy that's probably going to be gone. Like, mm-hmm. I, it sucks to say, but I think the, the the legends, you know, I would consider those three legends might that's be cool. gone. They 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 might be gone. And as shitty as that is to say, and Harrison Smith might just hang him up. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, in my eyes, anyways, yep. he's thirty three. He's played for one team. He's not probably going to want to go anywhere else. Like, I just think these guys might be gone. And as it's sucky for me to say, but you got to start building again like you did back in 20, you know, 14, whatever it was. So it'll well, be interesting to see. But and, yeah. and just to talk about that and to circle back, circle it back in a little bit, uh, you talk about having to pay guys. Garrett Bradbury is a 27 year old center that I think you have to resign. He's an all, I mean, if he's an alternate for the Pro Bowl. Uh, his calculate his expected market value is eleven point nine million. I, I just here's the thing though with that. I, probably, and that's probably going to be need to be higher. I, I, but I don't know because here's the thing, Garrett Bradbury. I know that like Vikings fans, like let's be real, we've been kind of. We haven't been pleasant. Well, I'll, I'll say that about it because, you know, we've all been like, oh, Garrett Bradbury for the last three or four years. But, like, this year, I I, I also think that a familiarity does breed a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, um, you know, good feelings towards the team. Like, he, he knows this team. Uh, he's been with this team for the last couple of years. They've been right on the cusp of being contenders ever since he's been here. Like, I, I really feel like, especially after if the Vikings uh, do, you know, continue to play like they do in terms of when they're being dominant and they're playing like the team that they know they can play like, I, I don't know. I think he he might, he could consider, I hope he could consider, you know, uh, potentially taking more money to go to another team because uh, let's say he does take that $12 million to go to the Jaguars. You know, they're a good team right now. Um, that's definitely not a good example now. And I think about it because they've got Luke Fortner there who's actually done some big things this year. But, you know, you could take $12 million and go to the Texans. You could take $12 million million dollars and go to a lot of NFL teams but you know I do think if the Vikings get it done this year that definitely plays a role in this my thoughts well, at least and, and and the other thing too he and Kirk have a great relationship mm-hmm. Kirk loves this guy I and and there have been days and like you say the Vikings faithful have not been kind to Garrett Bradbury we we haven't but 
Kirk loves this guy. He says a lot of positive things about him, and I think Bradbury really likes Kirk. That's for a center. That goes a long way. But again, no matter what happens, the Brinks truck is going to be in uh, Justin Jefferson's backyard. Oh yeah, so I don't care who we sign. I, I mean, I don't want to know the contract for Justin Jefferson. That that's all I'm going to say. I I've been kind of thinking about this though. So if there is any wide receiver, like if we had to, when we talk about a couple of years ago having Stefan Diggs, you know, getting the contract extension early and all that, you know, going to Buffalo, like. I, Justin Jefferson has his tendencies to be, uh, you know, a little bit more boisterous um, in a lot of ways. I do see him being a guy, though, that, like, he doesn't necessarily call for the bag. Like, he, here's what I'm saying. Like, he is a guy that is, um, you know, he's a fiery competitor. You saw him uh, against the Packers. Like, he wanted to win that game. He wanted to get the ball more. He wanted to do his thing. I've never taken Justin Jefferson the way he acts during games and, you know, sometimes when he gets fresh. I've never taken that as, you know, he wants the ball like Randy Moss did back in the day or give me the – like with Justin – with uh, uh, Stefan Diggs. Like, I feel like he's more of a guy – yes, you've got to pay him a good amount. I would say at least $20 million a year is is, uh, is a starting point. But I really feel like he's a guy that, uh, you know, especially if the Vikings uh, and Kirk Cousins do put a little bit more value towards helping him out and really the rest of this team. And if they look good for next year, I don't know. I, 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 I see Justin Jefferson as uh, more of a guy – as more of a guy that values, um, you know, who he's going to play for as opposed to uh, how much necessarily the check is. Now, don't get me wrong. Again, he's going to have – the Vikings are going to have to pay $20 million a year at least, at least. Uh, probably closer to twenty five because uh, uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, yeah. that ma- yeah, that massive contract last year uh, is probably closer to twenty five. But at the end of the day, I, I, I just – I don't know. I get a feeling with Justin Jefferson that – you know, he doesn't really seem to be about all about the money, but I could, I could be absolutely away out of left field with neither, that one. Neither, neither did Tyreek Hill. And then all of a sudden he just up and out of nowhere wants to get out of Kansas yeah. City. True. True. Justin Jefferson will be the highest paid wide receiver in football. There, there's no doubt about it. it. Yeah. yeah there, there's no doubt about it. He, there's no guy in the NFL I want more than Justin Jefferson right now. So yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that's definitely something that, you know, he's definitely not someone you want to lose. And I know before the, the the start of the episode, I was going off on it. But again, I really feel like this team is heading in a direction that, you know, if it, if it comes back strong against the Bears and but finally gets or finds a way to get a win in the wild card, I'm, I'm excited for what the rest of what this playoff road can hold. Um, anything else that you guys want to mention before, uh, you know, we uh, we put a cap on this? No, I mean, I – it's been a weird season. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's been, you know, it hasn't been like 2009 where pretty much every game we've dominated, um, you know, for the most part. It hasn't been like 2019 where we were decent. We weren't great, but we were decent. You know, we beat some good teams. And it hasn't been like 12 where we were just really bad. We were a really bad playoff team. This has been the own 2022 Minnesota Vikings. and. At some point, that winning culture is going to matter in the playoffs. I don't know if that's going to be the wild card round. I don't know if that's going to be the divisional round. But you see all the time, San Francisco, how many teams have they blown out this year? A ton, right? They're not used to maybe playing in these close games. So you have the advantage there. And the divisional round, when you're going to San Francisco, I think you have an advantage in some areas offensively being one of them where they have to be concerned 
but this has been a weird year. It's been a fun year. It's been a thrilling year. I don't there insert adjective here. I don't know what word there is to go with it because mm-hmm. it's been it's been unbelievable. And Vikings fans are always going to complain, but I've just been enjoying the ride. Yeah, I, we're in the, we're in the playoffs. That's all I care about. Yeah. And I I hope we don't see Kirk this year this week. I I just don't think there's any need because San Francisco they're not going to be losing to Arizona. Yeah, you're not going to get a two seed. So. That's another thing real quick as we get out of here and then I'll let you take it away, Daniel. Is there like, is there a point to playing the start? Like, I know that you want to get that sour taste out of your mouth from the, from the Packers game. I know, but wouldn't you much rather save that energy and use that preparation for the giants? Like, or potentially most likely the giants, excuse me. Like I, I, you know, and plus also heal up. The, yeah, the, the only reason you would play is because you are playing before San Francisco. So there's a chance, right? Like they're playing at 325. So. There's a chance, a very slim chance, but Arizona's just horrible. Yeah. So they're they're not going to be lo- they're not going to lose to Arizona. So to me, I wouldn't play him. I know KOC wants to play him, but I also think you have to get your big dogs some rest. I I just I wouldn't want to go into the playoffs on on two losses. Yeah, I I yeah, I wouldn't want to go into that. Um, no, I mean my review. My review of the season. I, I'll, I'll tell you straight up. I never thought I'd have my cardiologist on speed dial in my twenties. <laughs> that's so true. We are. <laughs> I. That's what I, I've been saying quite often. I'm like, the Vikings are the leading cause of heart issues in the state of Minnesota and probably a five state region right now. Like just yeah. like week after week. Like, does this team always have to do this? I. My wife he is so tired of hearing me complain. I, I just sit there and I'm like, honey. Like, and she's actually getting more into it now than I am, which I, I appreciate definitely. But I, I just sit there and I think she even mentioned it one day. She's like, does it always have to be like this? And I'm like, I know like that. That's literally this entire, that nothing embodies, nothing really speaks more about this season than that saying right there. But, you know, like I said, well, like you guys really alluded to, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be uh, something that we have to just enjoy. Like we cannot, you know, cause and, some of those other seasons where it didn't go according to plan either. So yeah. And going back to my original thought, guys, you know, people talking about fluke and, you know, how we win, whatever it is, you win a Super Bowl, no one cares how you win it. Yep. Yeah. Right? I mean, I mean, I mean, you, they don't ask how, they ask how many. Right. right. Yeah. If, if we win a Super Bowl, they, they're not going to ask if Josh Allen fumbled at the one yard line for a touchdown. They're not going to ask if Greg Joseph made a 61 yard field goal. Yep. They're not going to ask if, you know, yep. Patrick Peterson had a pick six. Or they're not going to ask these so-called fluky things that happen. The only yeah, thing they're not going to put a huge differential on the point differential either. Like, hey, you won, you won. That's right. it. Like, it's like, I don't know. This team, uh, you know, I think they're heading definitely in the right direction with Kevin O'Connell. I definitely think there's going to be changes. I know you mentioned, uh, you know, I hate to see that or even think about Harrison Smith, my guy, not being there. Or you know, it is sad, but you know, I I, I think Hunter really. Like we should put Hunter should be the poster child for just spreading positivity among Vikings fans. Like just enjoy the ride. Like I, I actually did like, that really resonates with me because like, I just sit here and I'm like, you know, I'm always worried about it week to week. I'm like, what's going to happen this week. But it's like, just enjoy it. Like, it's like, you know, we're in the playoffs, you know, and, and it's definitely not the same team. Like when we talk about like the 2012 Vikings, where it's like, everybody knows we're going to run the football with Adrian Peterson. And like, we're really thinking Joe Webb is going to beat the Packers. Like, yeah, I doubt it, but I am excited for this year. Um, and I, I am excited to see how this thing finishes and I'm, I'm going to take a breath. I'll mark my words. I'm- I will say this. I am a positive person when it comes to my favorite football team, 
But if we lose to Philadelphia on a last-second field goal in the NFC Championship game, no one better talk to me for about three months. Yeah. My girlfriend, my girlfriend included, because I will be the hastiest person alive. Like I will not. Like I will be pissed off. Like <laughs> I don't know. If a, like I. Um, like yeah, I when they when they lose my I feel like my dog just died like that's any game but you also got to look for a long time Hunter I I'm 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 putting you on a watch list if the Vikings lose on on a last second field goal as you should because it is I probably take it as hard as anyone when they lose so I I I don't know I I'm excited but I can't imagine what happens when we win a Super Bowl I don't want to know what I do I might be the I don't know. I got. I, I, I'll let you guys figure that out. But I don't know what I'm gonna do. We were in Brixton, Minnesota. Yeah, I. I yeah, it's gonna be well, everywhere. He works for the local college. Yeah, yeah it, it's gonna be everywhere. It's. I think that'll be every every person in every town. It's gonna go nuts when we finally do get that elusive Super Bowl ring. No matter I mean, where. In Brixton, Minnesota. The guy streaking through the streets, celebrating. He's gonna be the mayor. Oh, so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I feel like I would be the guy that shows up to work like half purple, half gold. Like I, I would be the guy, you know, I even asked my boss that back when I first went to the news station a couple of years ago, it was back when the Vikings somehow made the playoffs, they beat the saints. I was like, I asked my news director, I'm like, is it going to be bad? If I show up for a live shot with half my face painted and he's like, yeah, don't come back into the station. If you do that. And I'm like, I understand. I, I just had to try. I had to ask. So no, I, th- this team for the last couple of years has always done this to me where I, I get my hopes up and I'm, I feel like we're in a spot where like, I'm okay. Like I, I'm at peace. I'm at peace. Like that's been so hard for me lately. No um, playoffs is a different dog. Yeah, like, it is. For, for me, playoffs is an absolute different beast because I know like they lose week six. Okay. I get to watch them next week. Yep. And that, that so be it. Playoffs that, that that's different. Like I can't watch this team for another, you know, six months or whatever, seven yeah. months. But I'm just going to enjoy it. I think we have the team to do it. I think we have the coaching staff to do it. So I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be fun. And I'm very nervous already for January 22nd when we play the Giants or whatever day it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, no, I got to say, uh, thank you guys so much for this. I, you know, as a Vikings fan, it is therapeutic. I do save money on uh, having to go to my therapist. So I appreciate you guys for, uh, you know, coming in here Daniel. It's always a pleasure. I, you know, I would not, I honestly would not rather talk to any, anybody else about the Vikings. Thank you guys all, very much. Appreciate you, buddy. This was fun. Thanks for having us back on, man. It's oh, yeah. always an absolute pleasure. Oh yeah. You guys will continue to be on. And uh, you know what? I think uh, we will all send up our prayers for the Vikings as we move forward with this bears game and the rest of this season. Um, uh, anything else as we head out of here? Yeah. I just want to say too, I know this isn't going to reach him, but uh, Devon Hamlin, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's that's not going to reach him. It's, it's probably not going to reach Buffalo, but what happened yesterday is probably something that we'll never see in our lifetime. I mean, you see it all the time, right? You see that kind of hit, every single time right at the line of scrimmage and for him to have a cardiac arrest and to be fighting for his life right now it's it's scary and uh you know bill's mafia is real i know they're fighting for him and they're praying for him and uh just wanted to put that out there before we left because it is a scary sight and um he's a good player so i hope he gets back to to where he is because he is a really good player the vikings saw firsthand this year when we played him and you know for a 24 year old guy to take a you know, life-changing event like that. It's just scary. And hopefully he's uh, probably not back this year, but hopefully he's back playing the sport he loves uh, certainly pretty soon. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I thank you for that. Cause you know, that is definitely something, you know, um, no matter who you talk to, no matter who you watch, it is something that, you know, I know we all enjoy, but in, in one instant like that, we can all be reminded very quickly uh, of what this life is truly about. Um, and, you know, uh, and, and obviously prayers out for the Hamlin family moving forward. Absolutely. So, you know, thank you for that, Hunter, as we head out here. Um, you guys have been listening to the Sports Breed Podcast. Thank you all so much for being a part of this. Uh, you know, really excited to bring you the, continue to bring you the latest coverage. Uh, so stick with us. And uh, thank you for uh, from our friends at the uh, Minnesota Bias Podcast. So with that, we will, uh, we will go ahead and, and get out of here. And uh, thank you all for joining us.